siempre quiso triunfar. Sus amigos le decían, José, prepara, trabajas demasiado. Él decía, no, hasta que no llegue a las mayores, yo no me detengo. Si me hubieran dado un paso, las veces que a mí me dijeron que me quitara del juego, hubiera sido millonario sin pasar mi proceso. Y si me hubiera dado por vencido el día que a mí me dijeron que no daba para esto, donde yo estuviera hoy, tú dime dónde yo estuviera hoy, pero yo sigo aquí. Más puesto que nunca vi, yo nunca me quité, no, yo nunca me quité Y no me rendí, saqué lo que tenía y en mí misma confié Si yo siempre confié, pero sigo aquí Más puesto que nunca vi, yo nunca me quité, no, yo nunca me quité Y no me rendí, saqué lo que tenía y en mí misma confié Si yo siempre confié y está de pinga que te digan que tú no sirves pa' esto Que por más que tú lo intentes, tú nunca lo vas a lograr Nada más que se ha vivido lo que yo estoy explicando Sabe bien todo el trabajo que hay que pasar Y este no es el mismo tema clásico que se hace de superación Esto es pa' todo el que ha llorado en un colchón Esto es para todo el que se levante en la mañana a trabajar Y nunca falta un jeire que le dice tú vas a fracasar Le doy gracias a él por lo que yo soy, pero yo sigo aquí, más puesto que nunca vi, yo nunca me quité, no, yo nunca me quité, y no me rendí, saqué lo que tenía y en mí misma confié, si yo siempre confié. I want to shout out mi hermano, my brother, Jose Reyes. On his brand new song, Siguaki, off his brand new album, Mystico, which is out now on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever you listen to your music now. Please go check it out. Please go download it. But with that being said, what is going on, everybody? What is going on? It is your host, David, and I am back. I am back. After a long month break i am back with another episode of the top bunk sports podcast but this is a very special podcast not only because i'm back but i am recording this on monday july 31st which means you know what tomorrow is 6 p.m the mlb trade deadline and everybody's buzzing everybody's talking about it first and foremost before i get into all that apologies for not you know being consistent with the episodes and the post i've just been doing a lot of things outside of work and and really just trying to do what i gotta do to take care of stuff outside you know personal stuff but i'm back you know this is my number one thing everybody knows this so i just want to let everybody know the last episode that i posted was i'll say june 29 june 30th around there um so for any of the for any of those that i haven't spoken to um you know, happy belated 4th of July. Hope everybody had a safe 4th of July. Nothing happened, you know, negative-wise. Nobody got hurt, you know, lit up some fireworks, uh, had a barbecue. Hope everybody did that. So, you know, happy belated 4th of July. I know there's a lot to get, a lot of main things to get to while I was gone for almost a whole month. Um, 
but yeah, let's get straight to it. I mean, the the Big Bang. Uh, the New York Mets have officially showed that they're going to sell. Um, they started off by selling David Robertson, the Mets' New York closer, who's basically been filling in for Edwin Diaz since Edwin Diaz has been gone, and he has done a fantastic job uh, since being in that role. They trade him to the Miami Marlins for infielder Marco Vargas and catcher Ronald Hernandez. Now, these two guys are ranked 19 and 21 in the prospect system. Uh, you know, not, not what Met fans wanted and not what they hoped for. But the thing with you know prospects is that you don't know how they're going to develop in a couple of years. You don't know how they're going to turn out. So it's like a up for grabs type of thing when it comes to these prospects you know a lot of people talk about how prospects are not really worth anything how if you have a superstar right in front of you you know those prospects gotta go but you just never know they could come bite you in the ass i mean the mets are the number one team and in, in knowing all that i mean if you want to go back to 2021 the mets traded pete armstrong uh or if i'm not mistaken i think it's yeah pete armstrong for uh javier Baez. And practically, uh, it didn't turn out the way that we wanted to because, you know, even though he was a guy that was loved on the team, he showed attitude, he showed fight, he showed that he didn't give a fuck. You guys all know that with the thumbs down with the fans. Um, it truly didn't work out here for him. Um, you know, we didn't make the playoffs that year, and, and it just turned out to be shit. Conversation with the front office. The, the front office doesn't need to have a conversation with you, buddy. Let's, let's be real. And a lot of people are saying that what his comment, you know, based on what his comments, you know, what he said and, and all that, that that didn't influence the, the, the trade to Texas, that they were talking, that they were having talks before that about, you know, possibly trading Max Scherzer. Bullshit. I, I find I find that 100 percent bullshit because reports were coming out. You know, a possible about the Mets possibly looking to trade him, but they were small. They they were basically like questions like could the Mets move Serger or could be looking to move Serger. It wasn't that they were interested. It wasn't that the talks were heavy. All of a sudden, he says the comments that he said after Robertson got trade and traded, and then the next day, the Mets and the Texas Rangers are in some heavy, serious talk about trading for, uh, Max Serger. And lo and behold. Within a couple of hours, they got it done, and we got Ronald Acuna's brother in Luis a Luis Angel Acuna, who, by the way, is a fucking stud. Okay, he's a fucking problem, and you know what? If he's anything, anything like his brother, I will take him. I will a hundred percent take him, and you know what? I'll be happy. You know, a lot of people are like, "Listen, what's what? What are we? What are we gonna do?" Now that they're that they're basically, you know, selling. And I personally, I if if I could still build my farm system like Steve Cohen has said, I'll take it. I'll do it. And that's what you see here. They're not completely holding out that they're not gonna make the playoffs. I think they still look at the standings right now and they're like, listen, we're seven and a half games back possibly can still make a wild card if these other teams in front of us like the brewers like the giants like the phillies if they start to fall down and we can start winning games maybe we could do something you know what i'm saying so i don't think that they are losing hope on that i mean they haven't said anything 
and I thought they did. So my apologies on that for anybody on the Twitter spaces or in the conversations that listen to my podcast that I've told that to. Um, I had to go back and re-listen, and I was misinformed. Um, so that's my apologies. But I, I do think that they still look at this year as, you know, a, a way to still make a wild card if they if they have a chance. So I don't think they're I don't think they're fully closing closing this year you know and putting it in the books Acuna's brother uh, Luis Angel Acuna is currently slashing 315 with a 818 OPS six home runs 19 doubles two triples 45 RBIs 34 stolen bases and 56 runs scored and he is also batting 411 with with the home run and four stolen bases during a current 13 game hitting streak my man's is killing it right now my man's is killing it right now he could possibly be playing with ronnie in a couple years listen and they and let's also not forget i will be making my my i will be making my way to to brooklyn to go see jet williams who was promoted today so shout out to jet williams for being promoted it's looking good the future's looking bright this is what they wanted this is what they needed um kept his promise on trying to fix his farm system and he's doing it on a time where this team right now is you know underachieving unexpectedly this is you know you gotta you gotta take advantage of what you can and that's what they're doing right now so personally to me i'll i'll do that trade i know there's fans out here talking about oh so we don't have another ace listen at the end of the day, you gotta do what you gotta do, and if and if they're call if they're closing shop, even though like I said, I don't think they are. I think they still look at a possibility of making the playoffs within a wild card. But if they're closing up shop within this season, I I basically won because I just traded. Think about it from a Mets perspective. I just traded a thirty something year old, almost almost over the hill pitcher, starting pitcher in Max Scherzer, with a so so horrible contract and i just got the texas rangers number one prospect which is you know which like i said so many negative Mets fans are talking about oh we you know they got fleeced they got fleeced they didn't get fleeced are you kidding me so you know we'll, we'll see what what max does for the rangers in the playoffs if they make the playoffs i i listen he he after what he proved to me last year he, he could get clamped he could get stumped so you know, we'll we'll see we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. Um, another team that is basically struggling and may or may not do anything uh, in the trade deadline is the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees have have also underachieved, and to be honest with you, the Yankees might are number one are are in a bad position. Are in a worse position than the Mets. That let's let's just let's just be honest. That's that's what it is. So, can they sell? I, I mean, will they sell? Not not that they not that they 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 you know won't. I think they will. But are they going to? And that is where things are going to start. You know, you're you're going to start seeing things. You know, as far as them in the standings, their last place in the standings. With a 55 and 51 record, um, you know they're behind Boston, who's in third, who's in fourth place. They're behind Toronto, who's in third. Tampa, who's in second, and then Baltimore, who's in first place, with a 65 and 41 record. So, ultimately, 
they they're, they're either going to sell or they're going to stay put because I don't see them doing anything else. I don't see them, you know, making the playoffs although they're not that far from a wild card. Now, the teams that are in a wild card or, or that can, you know, make some noise are obviously Toronto, Houston, Tampa, Texas, Minnesota and Baltimore, right? But then you have Boston who's practically right there. Then you have the Angels, then you have the Yankees, then you have Seattle, Cleveland, you know what I'm saying? So the Yankees are at least trying to find a a, a wild card a wild card um but I don't think they're going to get it. Toronto's playing really good. Boston's playing really good. Um the Angels are solid. I mean, they they just took a uh the first game of the series against Atlanta, so you know, we'll we'll, we'll see how that plays out, man. I I think it, I think it's it's they to me I think took a L and it's not quite their fault because the Cubs already slammed the door on that, but I think a lot of a lot of us thought that the Cubs were going to basically, you know, go for Cody Bellinger. I mean, the Yankees. Everybody thought that the Yankees were going to go after Cody Bellinger, and the Cubs slammed the door on that and said, "We're not going to trade him." Right then and there, I'm like, "Oh, well, that that's their, you know, Yankees are done because I'm sure that's the one guy that they wanted to get off the trade deadline." So, you know, I personally, like I said, if they're not gonna, if they're not gonna, um. So I think they're gonna stay put and then see what they can do next year and see what they could do this year in the off season. This off season's not crazy. Um two notable names in the off season is gonna be obviously Shohei Otani and then uh Juan Soto, where I think if you look at it from the Mets perspective, I think the Mets are gonna put all their basket in Shohei Otani, but also understand that listen, if we don't get Shohei Otani, we might go after Juan Soto. And I do think that they have a hundred percent great chance of getting Juan Soto. I think Juan Soto wants to play here. I think Juan Soto loves it in New York. And I think Juan Soto can be a very, very huge factor for this team. And at, at some point we'll be saying, man, Shohei Otani, who, you know, we got Juan Soto. And I'm not saying that Juan Soto is better. I'm just saying, you know, it still feels the Mets need of getting another superstar here. And Juan Soto could fill that if Shohei Otani does his on here, which I hope he does, but I think he's going into LA. Dodgers for that. I don't think he's staying with the Angels. Um, especially if the Angels don't make the playoffs. So, you know, we'll see about that. But speaking of the Angels, they have made uh, some crazy moves, aggressive moves, I should say. Um, the first one that they did was basically tell everybody that they are not listing Shohei Otani in any trades whatsoever so that right there showed that they're trying to stay put and they're trying to go in and try to win this year um, and make the playoffs right then and there their first blockbuster move was get Lucas Giolito from the White Sox and as much as we saw Lucas Giolito's last start against the Mets and the Mets kind of put an ass whooping on him Lucas Giolito is still a quality starter that can help the Angels with their pitching. And that was an aggressive move, a really good move in my opinion. Um and I, I think I think it's 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 something to be, you know, to be looked at because of the fact that 
Lucas Giolito can end up turning this shit around and really be one of the top pitchers in the league. Um, then today, they traded with the Rockies and they got CJ Krohn and Randall Grichich. And I think, in my opinion, with them needing more power in that lineup, CJ Krohn could definitely provide that. CJ Krohn is going to be one of those out, you know, those outcasts that is going to be the key guy in getting them into the playoffs. And he, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those trades where it's like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't see that coming. So, you know, they showed them they showed their aggressiveness by basically, you know, trying to help Otani, um, showing Otani that you know we want to keep you here and we want to show you since this is your last year before going into free agency that we're willing to buy and be aggressive enough to make to make it to the playoffs where, you know, he can look at that and be like, Hey, listen, if they're willing to do this on a consistent basis and not, and not a one and not a one year thing, and they're willing to, you know, pay me, I'm, I'm I want to stay here. Cause I, cause I want to win At the same time. My personal opinion, I don't think that's going to happen because why would you want to bank on that? You know, they're not even a hundred percent set to be in the playoffs yet. If they don't make the playoffs, why would I? Why would I want to bank on that? You know, and there's no 100% truth or 100%, you know, positivity or or or, you know, guarantee I should say that the owner is gonna give him his money. Why would I want to do that when I could just go to a team in LA that I know is gonna give me my money and and that's already set to win? So, it's, that to me is a no-brainer. It's the same thing with the Mets, except the Mets haven't won consistently or have made the playoffs consistently like the Dodgers but you know damn well Steve Cohen is going to give him his money Steve Cohen 100% is going to give him his money and no doubt about that so I think they're they're trying to send him a message they're trying to show him like yo we're trying we're we're trying to show you that we're gonna we're gonna push and we're gonna make the playoffs but you know, I don't. Th- I don't think that. Regardless of what happens, I don't think that's gonna work. They. They basically. They. They could. They could win a wild card, and I still think he's leaving because it's like, you know, the, you. This is the first time you have made the playoffs in how long? Just because y'all made it your first year, you think I'm. You. You think that's gonna work? No, I. I gotta rethink my, 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 my. Deci- I gotta rethink my decision, and I think the red carpet is out for him anyways in, in the Dodgers because. You know everything is already set there. They're they're gonna you're gonna continue to make the playoffs with them. You know, and you're playing with JD Martinez, who I think they'll resign because he's having a, a really good year. You're playing with 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 uh, Freddie Freeman. You're playing with Mookie Betts. Like, why not? Why not go there? You know what I'm saying? So, I I, I think it's I think it's there. Um, but we we'll, we will see. But the Angels have definitely shown that they're making they're going all in. They're trying to make the playoffs, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yes, they they began the the, the trade deadline with some splash, and Lucas Giolito from the uh, uh, trading with the White Sox for Lucas Lucas Giolito started it all. Next topic that I want to talk about is a very happy topic, and that is the Giants keeping Saquon Barkley on a one year, eleven million dollar deal, and. Congrats to the fucking Giants on getting it right. And, I mean, and, you know, for a lot of people that are always talking about, oh, running backs got to get paid, whatever. Listen, running backs don't get paid like that. Running backs don't last long. Okay? 
Now, do I think Saquon Barkley was crazy for asking, you know, for Chris, Christian McCaffrey money? 100%. I don't think he's worth that. And I'm going to tell you why. You take the market out and you ask yourself, what has Saquon Barkley done since he's been a giant? Now, we've seen him play even with the years that he's had injury, right? Before he, he's he gone down for a good significant time. But he's only given you one year of a full healthy season. These teams are are really and this is this is the thing, right? Because a lot of a lot of fans in sports they complain about how ownerships just sign to sign, they throw money and they don't really they're not really smart with it. The Giants, in my opinion, are being smart about it because they're like, we don't want to give you this this bag and you're gonna be hurt half the time. Then we're gonna take the hit and we're gonna you know how how do we how do we fix that? How do we fix that? We don't know. We know you have an injury history, so we don't want to put ourselves in in some deep shit by giving you that type of money, and you're fucked. So I think, you know, I I think they 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 wanted to keep him. I don't think they were gonna let him walk. I think his comments um, by saying he wasn't gonna show up in training camp, you know, when he went on that podcast and he basically said, you know, I, if if I wanted to, I could say fuck the Giants. Which, by the way, I don't. I don't think he should have said. But listen, he got his. He got his deal for next year anyway. So it is what it is. But by him saying those things, I think the Giants were like, "Yo, he's not joking. Like he can, if he wants to walk, he could walk. He don't have to play, and we need him. He he is one of the main reasons why we made why we made it to to the NFC Championship against the Eagles. He he is the reason why. So." Personally, I, I think they, they had to give him this one-year $11 million deal. I think Zaquan took the deal knowing, you know, obviously he gets he gets a, bon- he gets a bonus signing as well. Um, but I think I think Zaquan wants to play. I think Zaquan is like, listen, if, if I understand your point, this, this is my thing. I think they had a conversation, and I think they, they said to each other, look, I understand your point. I understand your, you know, your side. I just want to play, and let me prove it to you guys. You know, that last year wasn't a fluke. Let me prove it to you guys that I'm back and I'm better, and I can do the same thing that I did last year and, get and you know, not only get us to where we got to last year, but to a fucking Super Bowl with Daniel Jones, who, in my opinion, even though I don't think he deserves that $60 million, it was the market, but I think that $60 million is going to give him a bit of more confidence because everybody's over. He's hearing everybody basically saying like, yo, I don't think he deserved that. And he's like, all right, I'm going to show y'all. Yeah. You know, last year was last year. Now I'm going to show y'all why I'm even better than last year. Um, and I think Zaquan just didn't want to go through not playing and missing, you know, he wants to be there. So the giants were like, listen, we're, 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 let's, let's, let's give you this one year deal. We'll give you a one year, 11, $11 million deal. You know that's that's good money right then. You know right there, right there, just a one year. This this is basically a, a, a start, and we'll give you a bonus signing as well. And show us, show us what you can do. Because I personally think that if he does play better or he plays the same like he did last year, that they'll give him an even bigger bag. I think they'll. I think they will. I think they will. I don't think they'll let him go into free agency. You know, having to look. You know, try to look at these other teams and and basically what let these other teams try to convince him 
that he that he's better fit for them when he knows he can finish his career here. He can possibly bring us a Super Bowl uh, championship here with Daniel Jones. You know what I'm saying? And Brian uh, Brian Dable. You know what I'm saying? So I, there's a lot there's a lot of positivity in that. I'm just glad he's fucking back because I, I honestly think that he's going to be better than ever. I think he's going to be way better than he was last year. A lot of people, including Jet fans, where Jet fans have no reason to fucking talk because they've been struggling down the shit drain with a fuck without any fucking quarterback. And now that they got a quarterback, they want to take their dicks out and act like they're, they're the shit all of a sudden and have to put Giant fans in their fucking mouth. Um, I honestly think that, you know, the Giants are, are going to be a better team than they were last year. Call me crazy, but that's what I think. I could be wrong. I could be right. So we'll see. But I'm definitely looking forward to that Giants and Jets game this year. We fucking finally play the Jets. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm 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 banking on that one. But we we would definitely we would definitely see. But welcome back, Saquon, to New York Giants. Glad to have you back on this one year deal. I please, my guy, I need you to show out. Because I think you deserve that contract. But I also understand why they didn't give it to you. And they gave you this deal. Um, but glad to have you back on, on another year. Um, another topic that, again, happened throughout the the summer while I was gone. Um, well, July, I should say, not the summer. Uh, Knicks signed uh, DiVincenzo on a four-year, $50 million deal. And to me, it's, listen, they, they were rumored to sign him anyways. He's a Nova boy. He's close with Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart. Obviously, we know Josh Hart's coming back. Um, can he help the bench? Absolutely. I think he's coming off the bench. Um, I don't think he's starting over Quentin Grimes. I think the starting lineup is going to be Jalen Brunson, Quentin Grimes, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. Um, and I think. You know, you're going to have Emmanuel quickly, DiVincenzo coming off the bench, Josh Hart. I think that that helps your bench even more. Don't get me wrong. I think that does. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily put the Knicks over the top. You got to understand when you're looking at a team like the 76ers who, you know, are going to deal with James Harden because James Harden doesn't want to be there, but they're still good. You know what I'm saying? Joel Embiid can give you 40-plus points every night if he wants to. James Harden is still going to be James Harden. He's still going to be a difficult guy to guard. He's still going to be a difficult difficult guy to to deal with on the court. Um you got you know Tyrese Maxey. Um you have the Boston Celtics. Who the Boston Celtics just not only traded Marcus Smart but traded uh, uh Grant Williams, um Derek Williams as well. Um they got Kristaps Porzingis. They just re-signed Jalen Brown. They are looking to extend fucking Jason Tatum. Like, they're... they're and adding Chris Depp's Porzingis, I know a lot of people were always talking about that, you know, that might be... a You know, that might not be a good, uh, a good thing. No, that might be a great thing if he's healthy. Because now you have Chris Depp's Porzingis who can can give you rebounds, can shoot, can can uh, play defense in the paint. Uh, you know, he's a solid defender. Um, so he's very versatile. And I think that benefits that benefits the Celtics in a lot of ways, and I think that hurts the Knicks. So, you know, signing DiVincenzo is good for the bench, but what else? What else am I getting in, in this offseason? And that's where I think a lot of Nick, you know, a lot of Nick fans grow frustrated with 
this front office because it's like, you know, okay, you signed DiVincenzo. Who else are you going to get? You know what I'm saying? So we'll see how this turns out. I think this team looks, and they look at this team, they look at, at this team as, you know, okay, we'll leave it like that and we'll see what they do now that, that we added DiVincenzo. But this team is not, I don't think this team is better than, than the Celtics. I don't think this team is better than Milwaukee. I don't think this team is better than, than, um, than than Philly, you know the, the Cavs could be better than us for all I know. You know Donovan Mitchell could have a better season. Donovan Mitchell is probably looking for a, a redamp season because of of us eliminating them. So you just don't know at at, at a certain point. Um, but we'll see. I'm glad to have Divincenzo because we needed shooting in this fucking team and we needed bench help and I think he covers that. Uh, so welcome to the team. Obviously uh, a solid pickup. It was obviously rumored for 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 a good a good amount of time um and i i think at the end of the day um if if they can get him to to work a little bit with the starters as well cuz there's going to be situations where like in the fourth quarter if you need him in a big in a big time money situation you can use him um but he helps a lot he helps a lot and you know you're you're going to need somebody like Divincenzo to help RJ Barrett I feel like R.G. Barrett is going to be playing with the bench again sometimes. So I think that helps. And, you know, he brings championship experience. Mind you, he won a championship with the Golden State Warriors. He's a vet. So he brings a lot of experience to this Nick team. So we'll see how that plays out um, as far as the signing. But I'm glad he's here. 100% I'm glad he's here. Um, the next thing that I wanted to talk about was Saturday with the fight between Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence Jr. There's really nothing I could break down with this fight because it was just a, a, a destruction from Ter- Terrence Crawford the entire fucking fight. I mean, Terrence Crawford was moving his feet. He was quick. Um, his his punching power was devastating. You saw it just based on how he was connecting to Errol's, uh, Errol's uh, face. His defense was, was very good. You saw whenever he tried when when Errol Spence tried to count a counter, he was using his shoulder roll to his effectiveness, and Errol couldn't really counter. He was moving, he was calm, he was steady. I mean, first of all, when you come out with Eminem, you it's over, it's over. And Eminem didn't even have to rap for 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 it to be gangster. That that the entrance was gangster, right? But Errol Spence was basically pitpocking the entire fight, you know, finding his open shots, finding finding his momentum, um, you know. Errol Spence at one point wasn't really blocking, and his combination, uh, Terrence Crawford's combinations were connecting so quick that it, he, you know, Errol Spence didn't know what to do, and he dropped them about three times in this fight, and he just, just, he just looked bad, man. His face looked bad. He looked like he couldn't see. He looked like he was sick. Like his eyes swelled up, and he just couldn't see out of, out of, out of his eye. Um, it was just he just put the whole boxing world on notice. A lot of people that I've spoken to had Spence winning because they, you know, Spence was obviously more, more superior. Um, they said that Spence was more technical. He shut that down easily. Crawford shut that down easily. Um, the technicality from Crawford compared to Errol Spence, way overmatched, way overmatched. And, you know, this, this is showing that Terrence Crawford's like, yo, like, I, I, I'm really here. Nobody gave me a chance. And I just showed y'all. But it was it was a ma- like a masterclass that Terrence Crawford put on on Saturday, and he sent the message. 
He sent a message for everybody to, 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 to take note. He sent a message to Charlo. He sent a message to Caleb Plant. He, he, sent, he sent the messages out here, man, that he can't be stopped. But, you know, Terrence Crawford picked up the victory in devastating fashion. Um, prayers to Errol Spence, man. I know, you know, from the videos that I saw and basically people breaking down uh, how he looked after that fight, I know he really hasn't been the same since that car accident. And you could kind of tell. Even when he fought Ugas, even though he beat Ugas in, in, in determined fashion, he really hasn't been the same. Um, and I think at the end of the day, um, I, I think uh, he, he needs to take some time off before he could get back in that ring. I don't think he should take a rematch against Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford, is, I, in my opinion, will violate him again. I think they'll do it, but I don't think he should take it. I think he's just a much, I think Terrence Crawford is just way, way higher, way more advanced and just a better fighter than him. Um, but we'll see what happens. You know, shout out to Terrence Crawford once again for, for beating Errol Spence and prayers to Errol Spence, man. Hope you come back stronger. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about before I end it here is the rumor that basically has been talked since Max Serger got traded. And that was Justin Verlander, um, possibly going to maybe the Dodgers, Houston. Um, and he, his name has been floating around. Uh, he actually did an interview. Uh, did an interview with uh, with the Athletics, a reporter from the Athletics, and they asked him, you know, what was how's your feeling or what your feeling was, you know, with the Max trade. And you know, I think they asked him like, do you, when you look at that, do you think about the team's decisions and where they're going into next year, and and you know, what your idea is? And he basically said, how could you not think about it? And, you know, a lot of my fans didn't like that response. But, you know, you're, you're somebody that's on a two-year deal that has said multiple times that he wants to win here. He wants to stay here and win a, a championship. But I understand it. You know what I'm saying? So many players, we're still looking at this season as a, yo, we can still make the playoffs. So when you're thinking about that and then all of a sudden the front office is selling, it's just like, wait a minute. It ta- You know, it takes, it takes a step back. Now, I don't think Houston... Is gonna is gonna trade. Um, I don't think the Mets are gonna trade with Houston because the Mets have vividly said that if they're not getting a high top prospect for Justin Verlander, they're not gonna they're not gonna trade him. And the Astros don't have a top one hundred prospect. So what's the point of trading with Houston if they don't have that? Now the Dodgers, on the other hand. If the Mets trade with the Dodgers, give me Bobby Miller. In my personal opinion, if I'm Billy Epler, if I'm not getting Bobby Miller in that trade, I'm not trading Justin Verlander. I'm going to stay put, and I'm going to keep him as my ace on his contract. And, you know, listen, if I make the wild card, I do it. If I don't, I don't. But at least I have my ace here since I already traded my other one uh, for a much better player. But if I'm not getting Bobby Miller, yeah, I'm not getting him. Because, listen, the Dodgers aren't a team that are trading for him, and they're going to be in the wild card. No, they're in they're winning the division you know what i'm saying they're winning the division their first place so or their their second place about to be in first place because i know the the diamondbacks um are struggling right now um but they're looking to make the playoffs as well they're making certain moves in the trade deadline and i think um getting justin verlander from the mets is a very very you know big move for them and i i personally think that if you're going to trade with the Mets who 
either might be looking at this year as we can still make the playoffs or we're just going to close the door on the season and contend next year. The Mets, while they have this thing with, with uh, Cohen about still trying to fix the farm system, if you know the history with the Dodgers and how good they are and how much prospects they have and how well they are with their prospects and not having to give away so much prospects and still call guys up and they become fucking great, if I'm trading my ace, my best pitcher, to you guys out of all teams, you're giving me one of your top prospects. And I think they should get Bobby Miller. And if they don't get Bobby Miller or somebody close to Bobby Miller in their in their front office, in their farm system, I should say, sorry, um, I'm not trading Justin Verlander. So we will see tomorrow on the trade deadline, August 1st. Um, it's at 6 p.m. So as soon as 6 p.m. is get re- uh, hits, get ready, uh, put your notifications on because it's going to be a fucking movie. Um, the, the talk is there. Who, who knows what they'll do with Justin Verlander? Who knows what the Mets do with Tommy Pham? I mean, they just traded Mark Cannon to the fucking uh, Milwaukee Brewers. So who knows? Maybe Tommy Pham might get traded. I don't think he will. But if he does, who knows what we get back for him? And who knows if he's part of a trade with, uh, with Justin Verlander to the Dodgers? Who knows? But if I'm trading with the Dodgers, I'm getting Bobby Miller if they want Justin Verlander. Simple as that. But with that being said, guys, happy to be back once again. Like I said, I'm staying on my consistent shit. I keep saying it over and over. I'm tired of saying it, really trying to get to this work, really trying to put content out there for you guys. Um, I'm back. Uh, This episode will drop. um, And this episode will drop on Tuesday, August 1st, right before the trade deadline. So, you know, I'm I'm set. Happy to be back once again. And, um, you know, tomorrow's a big day. So let's let's get it going. Uh, appreciate you guys, and I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Peace out.